Welcome back to the Faithful Fanatics Podcast. I'm Dylan Davis, along with my man Statmansky, and we are live here at the Yellow Jacket Media Studios out here in Willow Grove, live on the Squawker app. Snap, how we doing after a week off? Feeling good, man. I was sick of that. Yeah. Week. We were both banged bad. up. And yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a really bad week. Too far of a drive to get out here when you don't yeah. feel well. Yeah, I felt like, I felt terrible. But, uh... It is fun, though, because we have uh, even more to talk about after yeah. a week off. Um, we didn't get to give our expectations for All-Star Weekend, but now we can recap All-Star Weekend. Uh, what do you want to start with, Snap? Let's just dive into the All-Star Weekend. Uh, you know, we have a lot to talk about. Let's start with the Rising Stars game, where Team USA defeated the Team World 151-131. to uh, Miles Briggs won the MVP. He finished with 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. Had a great it's game. A he game. looked amazing. And he had that dunk yeah, off the that. backboard. Yeah. Threw it to himself. Love I didn't see it. too much of that game, but I saw that dunk on Twitter. Yeah, I saw I mean I saw yeah. I saw the highlights mainly for that. None, there were no Sixers this year, so I, I was kind of protesting. Yeah, the game. Somehow Mat- Matisse, yeah, doesn't, Matisse get doesn't get in at all. I don't I don't understand. But uh RJ Barrett had a good game too. He had twenty seven points, but yeah, I don't get why Thibault was not in that event. He gets no love as a rookie, bro. I think no. it's just because he's all defense for the most part. And I get that, you know, defense isn't flashy. I guess, but... But, I, but like, it's annoying when Zion plays four games, play, four right. games before the Rising Stars game gets in. But Thibault's been a defensive, almost a defensive player. The Probably the candidate. best defensive yeah. rookie you'll ever see. Yeah. But anyway, let's keep moving. We have a skills challenge next where Bam, Bam. Adebayo defeated Sabonis. This makes him the third big man to win the challenge in the last five years since big men really started getting really into yeah, it. Cat won it in 2016, and Porzingis won it in 2017. And now this makes the Miami Heat the all-time leader in winners for the skills challenge since the challenge started. Something about big men shooting when I, like cracks me up. Dude. Like You know when the Sixers were battling with Boston two years ago and Aaron mm. Baines couldn't miss from three? Yeah. Like, this is what it felt like. Bam Adebayo was one for 11 from three this year. Shot three of six to win mm-hmm. to win the skills challenge. Mm-hmm. Like how? How? Like it's yeah, it's crazy. It's like they can turn on a switch whenever I, they want. I, I think it's because it. the big men get real competitive. Over yeah, because Bam Bam is a skilled player. He's had a couple triple doubles with assists this year. You know, it's it's, it's I I'm not even surprised that he won it. I apparently he said after the event too that the main reason he wanted to go win it is because he had the worst odds. He was like wow, plus really? twelve hundred, <laughs> so he said he wanted to help all the people that betted on him. I <laughs> swear no to God, he said that at the podium too. It's no awesome. No one probably bet on him. Either. I wish I did, dude. Sure. Next year I'm betting on the worst guy now. Yeah, you lost money on the next challenge. Yeah, the we next had the three point contest, and uh, Buddy Hield of the Sacramento Kings defeated Devin Booker and David Pertans in the final round. Hield beat Booker by one point. Booker had twenty six <laughs> points and. Healed had 27, so I lost 50 bucks on that one. Oh. Let's keep it going, though. thought I had it in the back. Yeah. I thought Devin Booker being snubbed for the All-Star game yeah. was, like, his motivation. I was like, ah, come on, give me one. <laughs> but uh, next is probably the most controversial um, event of the yeah. weekend, being the slam dunk contest. Uh, I think me and you have similar opinions here, and it is that Aaron Gordon once again got robbed. Yeah, Derek Jones Jr. defeated uh, Aaron Gordon in the final round, and it's completely, it's like not even, like, he got robbed. The fact that they rated that dunk of 47 is absolutely crazy. He should, even once, if, even, if, even, like, he deserved to win it off that dunk. Once he did the side of the backboard 360 one hand, from, mm-hmm. like, it should have been over then. That, mm-hmm. that was it, to, that was enough to win it, and then um, 
uh, Derek Jones Jr. comes out and what do you get a 48 mm. and then Aaron Gordon comes up and even if you don't want to give the taco fall dunk a 49 or 50 it's at least worthy of a 48 to keep it going like you don't end it after he just jumped over seven foot six taco fall mm-hmm. but we, you saw the same video I did I'm sure a lot of people did is the fact that Dwayne Wade definitely definitely botched that and he was supposed to give a 10, and he gave a 9. And you saw everyone, Candace Parker, Scotty Pippen, and all, look at him after yeah, the numbers no, came Yeah, up. there was a whole, if you follow, uh, what's his at name, World of Wobe or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Worldwide World Wobe, yeah. yeah. He did, like, a whole conspiracy video, and everything he pointed out, like, from him taking out the earpiece before the scores even were revealed, he said, um, anyone that's been in show business it knows that when you take that off, you know it's over. He was like, if he if he didn't know the other people's score, why would he take his headset off? You know. So, um, yeah, like it was very clearly rigged. I think it was some team former teammate love there too. You know. Yeah, I feel you. Um, let's keep it moving though, because clearly let's Dwayne. To, yeah, let's, let's get, get into to the, the game, which is probably the best game yet. I'm gonna switch mics real quick. Snap, keep it going. Uh, okay, okay, a little tech difficulties but yeah um get into the all-star game so all-star game ended with team lebron beating team Giannis 157 to 155 team lebron won the first and fourth quarter of the game since it was a different format there was a winner for each quarter to win the whole thing and um Kawhi leonard took home the first ever kobe bryant all-star game mvp award he had 30.7 rebounds, four assists, and he went 8 of 14 from three. Uh, our two Sixers also had some really good games. Ben Simmons finished with 17.6 rebounds, five assists, two steals, and a block. And Joel Embiid also had a big night with 22 and 10. Embiid had comments about the All-Star Game's new format. He said that you shouldn't be allowed to win the All-Star Game on a free throw. After uh. Team Giannis lost to Team LeBron on a free throw. Yeah, but it's it's kind of hard to say that though because then I mean at that point they can just keep failing if there's no if you don't get rewarded by going to the line, you know what I'm saying? Every yeah, but yeah, that's kind of true. I I think I agree with the beat on this. I think you should check rock right after that. There's no other I, way. I agreed at first, but then it's like someone brought up a good point. It's like, well, then then every time you just hack the shit out of them. Yeah, but I kind of like that. They were going hard. <laughs> maybe like you can maybe like the last possession you can't give up three fouls or something. Then they go to the line. But like you need to do something where it like ends like in a more cool way. Like I want to see a buzzer beater, you know? Like LeBron came down it. the first attempt to when they were one away and he like pulled from the logo. Like I was like I love that. Like I want to see something crazy, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it was a, it was a great event. Joel and Ben both had really good games. I think the biggest thing that I took away from the game, besides the dream shake that Joel put on LeBron, which absolutely, is absolutely filthy. Um, we know Joel is one of the top players in the league. He's the best big man in the league. I've always been a Ben fan. I know Ben's a superstar. A lot of people can disagree. Um, but I think the biggest thing I took away was that Ben kind of disproved that and showed that he belongs with everybody mm-hmm. in this league. Yeah, he had 17 with some of the best. He had a lot of playing time. He was, he was honestly, he looked amazing out there. It was a, it was a really good, it was a really good performance by them. And um, you know, the one thing I took away from it is Tatum and Ben have such great chemistry. It really weird. 
Yeah, really, they were really, really, really looked good. The together, Tatum behind the no look behind the head pass to Ben for the dunk was was absolutely might beautiful. Have been one of the highlights ben had like a little backward shuttle pass to yeah. fuck Tatum on the uh, breakaway. They they look great together. It Kemba was, and Joel too. Yeah, Kemba with the with the bounce pass yeah. through the legs for the windmill. Yeah, yeah it's really it was, it's really fishy. I think they did a great job uh, changing the format. Apparently, Chris Paul. I don't know if you saw the interview at halftime. Uh, but Chris Paul came out and said that he kind of was the one that brought up that idea. And I think it was a good look because it makes them compete harder every possession. And it makes the the it, first it the makes first, the high yeah. schooler in them come out again. Like you're on a playground, you're playing the twenty one with all your boys. There was also a lot of motivation though. Yeah. There no, was a lot yeah, of I motivation. Agree with the whole Kobe factor. But you could see it though that at, like you're right, as the game got on and on, like the first half Once was nowhere quarter, near I mean. as competitive as the, the second quarter, half, I mean. but it was still competitive. Because yeah. it, it like it was competitive last year with the new format at first. It got it yeah. got more and more competitive yeah. down the stretch. Um, but I just feel like when you know when you go and you run fives with all your boys at the court and mm-hmm. you lose, you're off. You're you're off the court. Yeah. I feel like that kind of brought no clock. You know, um, there's a point limit to it, and that kind of made them go harder every possession. Like you said, the, the Kobe factor, and that's all in their minds and in their hearts. And they want to play hard for Kobe in the first All Star game where they dedicated the jersey numbers and basically the entire weekend to him. But I think, I think the new format really. I think it made all the other leagues, besides the MLB, because the MLB still has the best all-star game, in my opinion, um, change the way they do. Like, the, like, the NFL needs to fix their Pro Bowl. I know like I know, no one wants to go, go out and get hurt, and none of these guys, that's why the first three quarters, you saw what you saw in normal games. You, just offense, no defense, just dunks, all that stuff. Um, but and obviously, they don't want to put their bodies on the line in an exhibition. Mm-hmm. But... Like and then this year you saw they they were playing for Team Yachts and Team LeBron's charities. I think that put a little extra um, motivation into mm-hmm. them to win for the kids mm-hmm. that were uh, rooting for them. So it was just all around by far the best All Star game I've ever seen. Yeah, normally my, that I can remember because we were we were real young. I I don't really remember the and the um, scores weren't even the that 2000, high. Two thousand was it two thousand or two thousand two All Star game? The really good one. Where the East came back on the West, I can't I remember. remember. I can't remember, but um, yeah, this year I I actually disagree with you too. If if this is the new format for NBA All Star Game, I think the NBA All Star Game is better than the MLB All Star Game now, by a, by a landslide. This was so fun to watch. I am not. Yes, okay, I'll give you yeah, that. Yeah, like to watch the, this, it looked like a fi- it looked like a finals game. It looked like In a playoff quarter, game. Though, yeah. One quarter out of four. I'm talking MLB and because the, the, well, the other three quarters weren't bad either, and no, they I, were going at it. Yeah. It got more and more progressively harder and harder. And now, when you see like that, that leads like in the fourth, you're working for it the whole game. Yeah. Like this time, they kind of didn't. There's going to be more strategy behind this as this develops. Like, all right, now we have four quarters to like run. Like, let's you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, this was just the beginning. Like, you can. So like you, because at first the it was kind of it stayed even most of the game, but like there were like. You can't let that lead get away. You know what I, you know what I'm well, saying? Because of the point total, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the end, like when they made 157, the point number, the point total. If you go into the fourth quarter down 15, you're digging a hell of a hole to come back. But then that all, the, having having that point total and no clock also makes that part interesting. Because if Team Giannis or Team LeBron was down by 12, 13, 14, 15 going into the fourth quarter, they didn't have a clock to play against. They just, every possession they would have just had to play harder to come back and win. And that's kind of what you saw. Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, I, besides besides the game itself, like with the Sixers, 
Joel was being jo that's another thing that I noticed that I didn't bring up yet. Joel like when it came down to crunch time and and every they needed a bucket, Giannis deferred to Joel. Yeah. Like when it got in that half court set that you're gonna see in the postseason. That's the type of basketball you're gonna slow down half yeah, court. You need it, you defense, need it Yeah, he that's looked, where it's going. And Joel did that in the in the biggest stage of the year so far. And I know it's just an all-star game. I'm not trying to overhype what it was, but I just thought it was really interesting that his whole team, including probably the MVP of the league right now and last year, deferred to him and got him the ball in a low post. He's a, he's a monster. Everyone knows it. And it's a, the cool thing about All-Star Weekend this year is it seemed like they got their mojo back at the right time. They had a big win against the Clippers going into the break, but it, at home. So it's almost like an asterisk now. You have to if you say, if they have a big win, you have to let them know if it was at home. Like asterisk. Like cuz it's uh, like here we go. But like anyway, like so they win. They win against the Clippers. There's a lot of good motivation. Horford comes off the bench. Everything looks great. Um, what was it? Uh, I I think both Embiid and Horford played 28 minutes in the game, so they shared the they they were barely on the, the floor together. Yeah, yeah, they were barely on the floor together. They looked great because of that. And uh, Simmons played 46 minutes. He had the most minutes in the game, which he, I kind of an want. Animal. I want him like that, you know. I want him in the so game. I don't want him getting, getting off the well, floor. He's not playing tonight. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, and then they go into they go into All Star break, and both of them have great games. In one of the most competitive All Star games we've seen in years, they 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 were two of the best players. Embiid, honestly, Embiid would have been in uh, discussions for the MVP if Team Giannis had won. I started rooting for Team Giannis at the end. At first, I was rooting for uh, Team LeBron, but then when Embiid was getting closer and closer to the MVP, I was like, okay, Team Giannis, let's go, you know. But um, listen. Let's just dive into the Sixers. Yeah, let's dive into this Horford, week, this Horford benching. Yeah, last week when we talked, you were, if not, you weren't out, but you were very down and you were down in the dirt about our Sixers, um, and you still might be. I mean, but you know they went, on, they were coming off a four game losing, well three game losing streak, and then they lost to Milwaukee that night of our show two weeks ago. But now they've won three straight. They're coming out of the All Star break. The mojo seems better. Horford moved to the bench finally that we've been talking about in the first couple weeks of, of uh, the Faithful Fanatics' um, existence. They, Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson III are coming are uh, going to be much needed help off the bench. How are you feeling two weeks now about the Sixers coming off of a three-game win streak? I know they were home. I know, I know, I know. But you got to give credit where credit's due, especially against a team like the Clippers. No, it was a great win. I I loved it. I think Brett Brown actually coached his ass off for once. And um, Horford coming off the bench just seemed great. Like I said, they Embiid and Horford played 28 minutes each, so they split minutes well. It's kind of like where you want Embiid playing. Right. I feel like coming he just in, is yeah. more efficient on less time. It's weird. Right. But he, all, Well, not even that. Going but, into um, the playoff run, you're going to need that. You're going to yeah. need him without him missing games because you need to win. So you can't. And you just, yeah, you need him in shape. You yeah, need him in shape. You can't load so manage can. him so much to where he can miss games and you can afford to lose games because you're fighting mm -hmm. for a higher seed. Mm -hmm. But like you said, he's kind of almost more efficient when he plays 28, 29 minutes yeah, rather than 38, 40 minutes yeah. a night. So, and and um, also, and it, both Embiid and Simmons had great scoring nights. They both had 26 points. Simmons took the most shots in the game. That I love hearing that. I want him with the ball taking shots. I want him being aggressive. I want him learning offensive moves because that's how he's going to learn. Because if he keeps doing the same moves, like only eight shots a game, like right. he's not going to improve. So I love that he was 
super aggressive. I love that they were he had the most minutes in of the team in the game. And I I, I know Kawhi got thirty. I know Kawhi's always going but to get Ben his, still was strapped. Ben kind of strapped Kawhi for a silent thirty. For 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 who Kawhi is, Ben did a hell of a job. Right. Ben did a lot Jay of guys would have had fifty Paul George on their head that night. Job. A lot of guys would have had fifty on their head that night. Yeah, not like Ben holding him to what he held is great. And um, so how I feel about this is I feel like I've jolted back. I'm jolting back. I'm like waking up. Like I'm starting to believe it. Like they have this energy. Well, yeah, I can't believe. But like, you for I, feeling it's an down. asterisk, man. It's at home, so I'm not fully gonna believe it. But they have some road games, and one of them is the Clippers at yeah, LA, Milwaukee, and Milwaukee, and they also have the Lakers at home. So those are the games I'm really interested to see. I want to see how they handle them, and if I want to see how they handle if, Milwaukee, Milwaukee more. Yeah, because you're not going to have to see the other two until you made it to the finals. Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Can calm down. They're all games you, you need to win yeah. to be. To show, to uh, give me two and one, and I'll be happy. Well, yeah, I would. I would like them to just go positive. So this is. I, I, this is this is what I need from them. I so over the next ten game or whatever what I have down here, they've over the next ten games five are on the on the road. Okay, and out of the out of those five, it's both LA teams in Milwaukee. If they go through this ten game road when the road or these next ten games positive. And they can go positive in those five road games and at least go two and one against the, those three teams I'm talking about. I'll be, I'll be at. It's got. It's like I know that's like super like specific, but like no, I understand what you're saying because but we like, don't that's ever- what I need. I need two big wins against two of those teams on the road. Like because I think the Clippers are gonna fight back. You know, like yeah. I could, I could see the Clippers just whooping us at home or they're just yeah. pulling off a big win because it's the Clips or like the Lakers. One of those two teams is going to win. You have to go into Milwaukee and show that you can win on the road against another Eastern Conference team. That's, yeah, that's the Especially one. Especially Milwaukee. You're built to beat this team. Show us. So then the other teams, there's not a lot of other good teams on there, but like there's Cleveland's. There's like kind of not that great a team. There's like a Sacramento's on the list. Like that's a team you need to be on right. the road. I need to see that like you can beat a Sacramento. Don't play down to your competition, which has been a big issue. With yes, the like they're playing Cleveland, I believe, on the road. Beat Cleveland, but Sacramento is like a game that I could see them losing. Yeah. But like, if this Horford move is really what it is, and Brett, and like this is it, like it's gonna work now, and everybody seems to be happy. Everyone had a great weekend. Everybody went on vacation. Like you know, everyone relaxed. I feel like there's a new energy around the team, especially from the superstars. I feel like they have a lot of confidence coming into the second half of the season. But like I said, I need I need a positive record through these next ten games, and I need you to at least walk away from those big three games on the road with two dubs. Yeah, listen. You hit it. Um, to me, the biggest takeaway that I had um, since our last show was something that we talked about a lot, the fact that they moved Horford to the bench. And we had brought up many times how, well, Brett's, Brett hasn't done that yet. Brett doesn't make those kind of drastic moves. And if he wants to, maybe upper management doesn't allow him to because they are paying out Horford $97 million before bonuses come into play. But it needed to be done. The spacing, when Al, Joel, and Ben were on the floor together, everyone wants to talk about how Ben and Joel don't play well together. They just disproved that against the Clippers real bad, like you said. What, they have 26 each, 28 each? Mm -hmm. The issue was you had three almost seven-footers, and Joel and Al do basically the same thing. Bringing Al off the bench not only opens up the floor on on offense for him and Joel— 
it allows Tobias Harris to slide back to the four and not have to guard threes and go and do what he and go and get to the basket off the dribble against fours that can't really guard him. That's another thing that people haven't really talked about. That the Toby yeah, and the Tobias, first, I, we knew this though from last season. We saw last season he couldn't guard threes. Right, but and that's my point. That's the biggest. And that's they were still thing. trying, and that's one of the reasons I was so mad at Brett that that system was still in place. Like you knew he wasn't going to be able to guard them. No, like, but, he should have. So now you moved out to the bench, and he can come off the and back up Joel, and he can still play a little bit of four. Um, you move Tobias back to his natural position at the four, and then before our last show, Jay Rich still wasn't back. That was a big thing to me too, because yeah, he's not one of the most talent. He's not Ben or Joel or or Tobias, but he's he's a, a key he's piece a, good, to he's this a team. starter in this yes, league. He's a three. He can play defense. He he can run the fast break. He can handle the ball when Ben's not in the game. He, he would start shoot. on most teams yes. that don't have if, unless if you have an all star shooting guard, you would start. Yes. You would start him on your your roster. So you got him back, and then you bring in Glenn Robinson the third, and um, not Greg Robinson. Glenn yeah, Robinson, because yeah. that man's going away from us 20 years, yeah. dude. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Um, and Alec Burks. And that's, an, like, so the move did a couple things for me, and we kind of touched on it last, uh, last show, but the move not only brought in much-needed bench scoring and bench shooting from the two of them, it also brought in two guys that can play off the ball and, get, and cut to the basket and get open by slashing. But Alec Burks is also a very good he could play backup point guard just as Jay. Mm-hmm. So it, it brought in more guys that can handle the ball, especially in crunch time if needed, to go get a bucket. And the, here's what I want to see. We you just talked about road games, right? The biggest thing for me was the start. Yeah, some nights Joel or Ben or Al took a night off on the road and they didn't play well. Blah blah. blah. The stars for the most part play like stars. It was the bench that when they were going on the road, Furkan Korkmaz, James Ennis, Mike Scott, Aul Neto, that that just were so overmatched and didn't have the home crowd behind them. You see the splits with Furkan and all. They're just not the same players they are at home on the road, the backup guys. I think if Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson can be themselves on the road, because they were starters in Golden State and had to play way more than Korkmaz mm-hmm. and all them. That makes a big difference coming off the bench. I just I just think Horford coming off the bench. No, no, so no. I, yeah, I agree. That mixed with Ben Simmons playing over 40 minutes last game. Right. He He's well, in shape enough to do that. He's healthy enough to do that. He's, he's efficient enough to do that. Having Horford come off the bench and replacing Embiid and then still having Ben out there while bringing in the rotational guys like that, really helps the bench guys out because now they're playing with a guy like Al Horford, an all-star level right. center who's now coming off as your sixth man. Yeah, he's now your sixth man. And that is, um, that's perfect for guys who are coming off the bench because you need a guy that's going to make big plays. Horford against backup talent is going to make big plays. Right. He's honestly, honestly was last year arguably a top five, top ten center in the league. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he and he's coming off your bench now behind whoever was just guarding Embiid. Like it, it's living hell you're, for any big. You're man always going to have a leader on the floor when. That and then having too. Ben on there to lead the team, making plays, passing the ball, moving the rock, pushing the pace, letting guys get touches. It's everything you need off the bench now, and it and allows Ben to run without Embiid out yeah. there. Like as soon as like Embiid comes off that half court stuff, kind of slows down a little bit. But now you got to speed up with Ben. And Matisse is on the floor now. So right. now you got so, Ben and Matisse on you on the perimeter. So these guys that are coming off your bench who aren't even real starters are now dealing with that. Right. Like, see, I, I'm glad you brought his name up because that's where I would go. The only not, and I mean, we're not going to see tonight because Ben's out. So obviously someone else is going to start. But when Ben comes back, I would imagine Saturday in Milwaukee, 
Who would be your starting three? Because it's I'm, it's not Cork Miles to me. To me, it's we talked about this before. It's Thibel. I know he's yeah, not. No, it's still I see. I like Thibel at coming off. I like I like Thibel as um a starter, but I kind of like what they're doing with him now. I've changed my opinion kind of on this. I kind of like him coming off the bench because, like I just said, when you have Horford now coming off the bench at Matisse, there's a level of defense that doesn't allow like, like like you said, like how um how uh ah sorry I lost train, like how you said you know like other teams were out mentioning our bench right. on the road. Now you have like kind of a good amount of defense there now, especially if okay. Ben's playing a lot of minutes. So now you have Ben Matisse and Horford as your second unit's defense on the first rotation. That, that's kind of like my, that, it, my coming, only coming off is, the, coming off from the bench coming into that game. It's kind of like, ah, oh, fuck. Like I had to yeah. deal with the, cause now Ben and Matisse, whenever Ben and Matisse are on the floor, now that they'll either have Ben or Horford, it's even it's even more it gives them even more confidence to be more aggressive because they know if they miss something there's a there's a rim protector down there there's a yeah. there's a great defender at the low post and at the rim down there so it, like it allows guys like that to be more aggressive and now and then they can take off and do their thing because whenever those two are on the floor you're getting a, a highlight yeah. dunk my my only thought to starting him is like you mentioned his defense and that's why I would start him because I don't need him to score in the starting five because you have Joel, you have Tobias, you have Jay Rich, you have Ben. I like the energy that him and Ben bring together right off the bat. And if you can bring if you can bring that to defense travels, right? That's what they always said. Mm-hmm. If defense travels and you bring Tobias and I mean um Ben, Jay Rich and and Matisse right off the bat out of the gate in Milwaukee on Saturday night, I think that's the kind of energy the Sixers team needs. Right, like right one uh, coming off the tip, rather than keeping him on the bench and Farrakhan getting beat by Chris Middleton or whoever, eight possessions in a row. Mm. Who's he guarding in, in, from Milwaukee? Mm. Nobody. He ain't. He can't even guard Kyle Korver. So yeah. well, I, I just liked it. I do like Farrakhan in the starting lineup for these reasons, though. He's an immediate floor spacer, and what we've seen from Furcon over the last probably 10, 20 games is if Furcon hits early, he's gonna hit all game for you. But if so Furcon like doesn't that. hit, Furcon can't be in the game. Okay, at all. And so that's why maybe you start him because if you get to see if you get him if you get him going hot with the starters, which is more likely with the uh, more unlikely with him coming off the bench. Cause he's a catch and shoot guy. A lot of these big nights he's having are when they are when they find him and they give him an open shot at a three mm-hmm. or coming off transition run. Like it, like you're gonna get more looks like that from Ben Simmons. He's a top five guy in the league with uh, assist to uh, three point percentage. Yeah. I think only guys like LeBron and like Luca are ahead of him. Like. He's he's one of the best at it. So when you have Ben on the floor passing to a Furcon and getting him open, and he gets hot early. I, I like having that more because then that's a more lethal floor spacer on the court, and that gives you more room for Embiid and Ben, in, especially in half-court sets. Funny part is— Because Matisse isn't a proven shooter yet. No, but the funny part is I think we're both wrong. I think what you're going to see is Glenn Robson the third start. I don't know. I don't, I've I don't. seen a lot of it, and I just—I don't know. I think I think it's going to be a mixture. I don't think it's going to be Matisse. I just said that I, I would start Matisse. I, I, I think it's going to be a mixture of Glenn Robinson the third and Farrakhan Korkmaz as your starting three. Come playoff time, I don't think you're going to see Farrakhan Korkmaz in your starting three. I don't know, dude. Kids really improved offensively. He adds it has. Different, he adds a different level of offense when he's playing now. I agree, 
but he's got to be hitting shots. That's what he's you been, saw the other night against been, the Clippers. He's improved a he lot. He did against the Clippers. Not against the Clippers, but everybody else was on. Uh, no, no, and that's my point, and that's fine. Yeah. I'm just saying, he, he's with He's JJ. had a lot of big games. If he's I, hot, I, he's hot. If he's not, he's got to so grab So it's a confidence and a consistency thing. So I think Brett's a development guy, dude. Yeah, I know. You see what he did with Shake Milton? He threw him in the damn starting lineup. Shake Shake's grabbing a lot of bench nowadays because he ain't touching the floor for a long, long time. Yeah, but Unless so it's garbage time. So like, seeing Furkan go out there does not shock me. No, it doesn't shock me at no. all. And I'm not saying it's I a terrible like move. It. I kind of like it. <sighs> I, I like it like that. I just, I don't know. I I, I agree with you with the floor spacing aspect and. He's a streaky shooter, so you got to see if he gets hot early. Mm-hmm. If not, he can mm-hmm. sit down. Like I said, I, you just have so many offensive weapons out there in your starting five that I would like that offense to come off the bench with Al Horford, with Alec Burks, and those guys. And then Matisse can play more of a energy role right out of the gate on defense with Ben and try to get try to strap down early and and kind of get the bench going. And then that's when Farrakhan can come in and eat. Um, but maybe you're right. I maybe Furcon, I just think Furkan's not that type of scorer yet, where he can be like one of the top guys on off the bench. Yeah, off the bench. I don't think he's built like that. I think when he's in a catch and shoot situation, is so when, he's got okay. So he he's got to be surrounded by, yeah, met, talent, by better players. Talent, yeah. Okay. That's how a lot of these guys are off the bench. But you've seen it, like when Ben gets him for an open corner three, yeah. or or like Ben's in transition, he dumps it back. But to he's him. another guy that I, like we talk. You talk about the Sixers on home. At home versus on the road, he's a guy that his split show plays much better at the Wells Fargo Center than he does on the road, and that's something no, I need to right. see. That, like, and go, that's back to what I said. I need to see that from him. I definitely need to see Matisse that. Matisse is just also not a proven shooter. If Matisse was shooting like Maz was, he'd have the starting role right now. I agree. You need a floor spacer. You need another it, one. But you, you know what's kind of beautiful about this conversation right now is isn't it nice to have this kind of issue, though? Yeah, I love it. Like it's, rather than saying, much, "Damn, Shake Milton's got to start to two because we're yeah. lacking here and there." It's well, out of these three guys, who do you want to start? Because any of them can start, and the other two can just come off the bench. Like that's a good thing to have now after mm. those trades. Like mm-hmm. that's, I, I don't know. I think they're in a good spot. I, I don't think, think I'd start Glenn though. Still, I don't. I wouldn't either. I just think I've heard a lot of rumors about it, and I could see because he gave Glenn Robinson the third, the starting nod in the second half against Clippers when Corkmouth started that game at the three. He was cold as shit, and he put and Glenn Robinson the third started well, yeah, the second because he was cold. He'll be back. I hope so. I th- I th- I hope he's back. But um, yeah, dude, a lot a lot of exciting things coming with the Sixers. So I would who, but I feel like we need more Sixers in the All Star event next year. Tobias not was just a fringe not, all-star player this No, year. not even in the all-star game. I want more Sixers oh, in, in, the, like, in the contest. Yeah, I really do. And, like, what would be your nod for each one? For each event? Real quick, real quick. I uh, so we'll go, through, we'll go through this real quick. So for skills? Skills, three-pointer, and dunk contest. You have to pick one Sixer. Who do you want for each event? Skills, I would have to say Ben. Yeah, same. All right. Because he has to shoot a three. Yeah. <laughs> Three point. <laughs> it might be who we were just talking about, dude. Yeah, it I, might be Cork. Yeah, all right, all right. Because if like he that. gets hot, he 
can make some noise if he gets hot, oh, but absolutely. he could also put up one of the worst scores ever absolutely. if he gets off to a absolutely. slow start. Absolutely. He might crack under pressure. Dunk contest. Probably Ben again, dude. Alright, alright. Nah, I can't you can't you can't do Ben and twice. It's not Ben again. You can't do Ben twice. Um I guess Joe. Ah, uh, nah, man. Who's who Alright, alright. So this is what I got for you, ready? Because I was thinking about this earlier. For the skills challenge, I'm going Joe. Okay. Because I think the that's the man. perfect event for him. I think he did it the one year. He did, he did. He yeah. did. I loved him in it too. Yeah. I, he cheated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know that, that two years of, ago? Yeah, I, that's why I would like him in it for the for the three point contest. I think. Hmm, I do. I do Toby for this. I would love to see Toby trying to shoot. Yeah, I'd be down for it. Just, like, just get in there. Get he's in another there, guy that he, him, and Corkmiles are kind of the same thing. They, if he's cold, thing. he's ice cold. And then for the dunk, get hot dunk contest is Ben. But if I'm not picking Ben, I'm doing Norman Pell. You think he can get up like that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah. I don't uh, know, dude. May- uh, maybe. Maybe. Do you think we, we get three should... All-Stars next year? I don't think so. No. I think you're getting the same two. Yeah. They're going to be t- they're gonna be having spots every year. Unless Matisse just takes, like, a major step. Matisse's offensive game. If Matisse's right. offensive if game... That can, takes a major step, then... If he could get, like, a game of, like, Josh Richardson and, like, their offense into his body, they would yeah. be a perfect player. Well, like, Toby was kind of a fringe fringe all-star this year. He, he, he should have been an all-star last year. Yeah, he had, he had a stretch of... He had a stretch of games where he averaged over twenty. For I thought a long he should have been an All Star in the West the year before that. He was a leading scorer on the Clippers. Yeah, or no, Lou was. Was it Lou? One or two. I know he's with one or two. Yeah, whatever. So either way, I mean, he's been kind of ripped, not ripped, but got the short end of the stick the last two to three seasons. So maybe next, maybe next year we will. Maybe he continues to develop and he turns into the max player that that we paid him to be. But. When you have guys like Joel and Ben and Jay Rich and Horford and all these guys, it's hard for him to consistently drop twenty five. Like yeah, he drops twenty five, twenty eight when when Ben drops six. Like that, those yeah. are the nights Toby goes off. Nah, I mean he's had. A, I think a couple games ago, him and Ben both had a big night at the yeah, same time. Yeah, but what did Joel do? Nothing. Yeah, I don't think there's been a game where Ben. We and all Joel... thought he was gonna be averaging. Everybody, no, I I say we. I won't Who? say we all, but a lot of people. Like I'm saying the general fandom yeah but i felt like a lot of people thought no i thought a a lot of people thought that tobias was gonna average over 20 this year since you're just mentioning that yeah you know what i mean what is he averaging hold on let me i'm surprised i don't have the numbers let's see did you do it i just had uh oh (laughs) i got it bastard oh wait no that's this career oh he's Uh, averaging 19 this year uh, that's not bad. Nah, yeah, he's just about 20 then. Yeah. 6.7 boards, 3 assists. Yeah, 20 and 19 the two years. Progressively he's, better. Progressively yeah. better. He's, I just, he, hopefully he continues. To, you talk about Brett being a developmental kind of guy. Maybe he continues to develop. But I need it this year. Like, I need Toby to step up this, in these next 27 games and go. Yeah. They could, they could win 20 games. In the they, last twenty, they learn how to win on the road. They could win twenty games. Absolutely, they Dude. could win twenty to twenty-two. I could say if they get hot. 
22 and five. Bro, they won 16 straight at the end of two seasons ago with Al Joel and Bede, and their roster didn't look anything like this. They had the worst record. They had the easiest schedule. Yeah. Oh, they have an easy. Yeah, but they have an easy. They have an easy one this year too. I just need to see them winning against really good teams. They also weren't that bad on the road though. All right, what do we got? Like a half hour left, snap? Yes, right, sir. Let's, let's, let's dive into some birds. Uh, birds talk. Let's talk a little football. So the Eagles made it official yesterday that they released my linebacker Nigel Bradham after what he spent four years here in Philadelphia. Um, there are also reports that Alshon Jeffrey is being not pushed out the door, but they may be looking to move him um, this upcoming offseason because uh, there's many rumors that he they do believe he was – the snitch to Josina Anderson still. Mm. Um, and then releasing those two guys also opens up some cap space, making it clear that the Eagles want to make some moves. And Darius Slay and Stefan Diggs this week have come out and basically kind of demanded trades from the Lions and the Vikings. Um, yeah, the, uh, Diggs deleted all of his Viking-related yeah, yeah. Instagram And posts. then went to bed. He did it like late night and like drew up all this like talk and went to bed. But it's uh, hilarious that this is what players do for like, I know. like power. Moves. Well, Alshon did the same thing. Did yeah. you see he, he deleted like I think he has two pictures up now. A little bit. I know a couple weeks ago. Real, he deleted, I didn't see yeah, that. a couple. Hold on, I'll look it up right now. But a couple weeks ago, I know he deleted most of his uh, most of his stuff on. Insta- oh, he has one picture from October twenty fifth. That's it. So I have a big feeling you're going to see. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey gone, and he could be a piece in one of those trades. Yeah, I would trade him in a heartbeat if I could. So who do you want more? Because here's the interesting part about the two. They're both very good. I know which one you're going to pick because you kind of put down the other one to begin the show, but they're both very good at what they do, and they're both the two key positions that we discussed last show that they need. Would you rather have Darius Slayer or would you rather have Stephon Diggs? Diggs. That easy? Yeah. I don't know, man. I, dude, Stephon Diggs is an amazing player, and I feel like he's almost – he hasn't even been properly used in the last couple of years, I feel like, in their offense. I feel like he always gets off the slow he starts. Does. Like I would take him in a heartbeat. I'm just saying – He's a pro ball wide – he's a pro ball wide out. I, I'd take him in a heartbeat. I, I believe he's younger, too. than it's like, Yeah, he's 26 years old. He's he's in the prime of his career. He's only gonna get better the next couple seasons. Darius Slay's twenty nine. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Diggs. Dude's a Pro Bowler. I'm not disagreeing. I just I don't know because it comes down to who are they taking in that number in that number. He had eleven hundred yards last year, dude. Darius Slay's a slut uh, a slut down a shutdown corner. Darius Slay last year only had two interceptions, thirteen pass deflections. He had, he had one fumble recovery and he had 46, 40, no, 40, yeah, 46 uh, total tackles. That's combined in single. You got a stats up right now? Yeah, well, I had those in my notes. Uh, I, I, I was know. Say, how many, but, but, how many right. passes did he defend? Because if right. he didn't, because those numbers could be telling a story where people just don't throw at him. Uh, you're, you're not wrong about that. I don't know. I just think it depends a lot on what – if I could see what they're going to do with the number 21 pick or if they go corner or wide out. Because if they go if they go I, wide I'm out – I'm not trading that first for Darius Slay. I'm not trading it either. I'm, my point is if they went wide out gonna... at the first pick, I would go Slay. If they go corner, I'm taking Diggs in the either trade. Hopefully, I'd take Diggs. If, hopefully they, we get if, both. If, if it's the equal amount that I'm giving up for both of them, like say it's like the same amount, that I would I'm probably gonna... take Diggs too. I'm just saying it's already yeah. a discussion. 
No, it's definitely worth this discussion. But Diggs is he's, he's young. He's a young Pro Bowl wideout that I feel like was not being even used that well. Like over. His, no, he's not. He doesn't. He had eleven hundred. Well he almost had twelve hundred yards last year. He missed it by nine yards. Like yeah. he's a he's a great player. I take him in a heartbeat. But um, going let's dive into this Nigel Bradham thing a little bit because it does it does um there is news behind the cutting, there's four point five million dollars now yeah. space. Extra it's not space. it's not big, but now that shows you what their mindset is. So maybe there is a big um a move coming. Yeah, a big move coming, coming or well, signing. The, all, the NFL. All he did. Season. He did regress. He had. He had 97 total tackles in 20. He was hurt. He's been hurt. 2018. A lot too. This year he had only 61. And um, so who do you replace Bradham with? Do you go draft or you go free agency? I go. Because you need a linebacker now. Well, we only use two. You're gonna get. Um, you're gonna get Camu uh, back, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have Gary. Not that they jump off the screen to you, name-wise, but linebacker is a very, especially in our defense, is kind of overrated position. But Nigel was great. Nigel was, I feel like, very underappreciated in his Super Bowl run years. He he was, but he's just been hurt too much. If you could save $4.5 million by getting rid of him, he... I like it, I, especially if no, it turns I like into the, something else. I like else. the move too. Replacing but, him, I, I don't know. You, you're going to get those two back. I guess you draw. Yeah, I guess you draft a fourth round linebacker. You bring in, you bring in a veteran linebacker in in free agency that doesn't at a low cost and see what he can do Any in training names? camp. Nah, I'd have to look at free. See, I, I got I got two guys I really like. Who? I got uh, Corey Littleton on the L.A. Rams. Okay, that's the top market linebacker out there right now. Mm-hmm. That's if you want to go big at linebacker. But like you said, oh, they yeah, might yeah, not yeah. spend that. They might not go. Like Martinez is free agent. Yeah, Kyle Van Noy, Danny Trevathan. I like. Uh, I have. I'm gonna butcher his name. Nick Kwiatkowski uh, on the Chicago Bears. He's got a super Polish last name, but um, he's gonna definitely be a much cheaper option than Littleton. But the Bears probably won't really look to keep him since they already have Devin Tra- uh, Devin Travante and uh, Raquan Smith, both great linebackers yeah. in their defense. They don't really need another guy. This guy's young. I think he's like would fit the team perfectly. I would bring him in if he's not going to cost a lot. Yeah, but that's why he's he's already he's kind of like a little more under the radar for us right now. You know? Yeah. Not the top guy, perfect target. Because right, I want to, I here. honestly would love if the Eagles just use all their goddamn picks on corners, wide out, wide right. outs, and fucking safeties. Right. Well, because I'm trying to think of other holes. You're gonna need to, you're gonna need to grab a safety somewhere. I want a corner in in free agency. I told you that before. Wide outs. I would love to make a push for Stephon Diggs. I would love to make a push in free agency for Robbie Anderson. Um, who's the dude that they're going after? Uh, that they have interest in. Oh, Demarcus Robinson from Kansas City is a free agent that the Eagles yeah, have been linked that. to. I heard that. I would t- spend my first or second round draft pick on a wide receiver. I would go heavy wideouts um, and heavy corners in both free agency and trades and and uh, draft picks this year. We talk about. That. I mean, I, I mean that's the obvious thing to say. But also, you have to go safety at some point because one, that's another point I wanted to bring up to you. We you were talking about uh, youth. There is kind of I know Mike Garofolo was on the Miss Nelly show the other day and he was talking about how there's this kind of like room like whisper of a quick youth movement that the Eagles are trying to do because they do mm-hmm. have a lot of free agents. 
Brad getting rid of Bradham's one way to do it. Are they going to restructure Malcolm's deal, or what are they going to do with Malcolm? McLeod's, a free, McLeod's a free agent. McLeod will. Right, but what if they don't want to restructure Malcolm? He's getting older, and I th- I would pay him. I'm just saying, what if the Eagles say, you know what, he's getting older, um, we're trying to go younger, and he just doesn't fit. That would just be the beginning of the end, I feel like. Not beginning of the end in like a bad way, but like it, it would be the beginning of the end of this team. You know what I mean? Like, and the rebuild, the, super, the yeah. rebuild process yeah. is coming in. And I get it; it's a Super Bowl team and dying out. I feel, I understand that. There's a lot of connections to these players, but Malcolm's one of them that you need to keep around. I agree. Dude is well, a pro locker, bowler. First and foremost, in the locker room. Second, he plays every snap. He, I think he's one of the most underrated safeties in the league. Yeah, I agree. I, to me, McLeod would be the guy that's gone. Um, he hasn't been the same since the injury. Yeah, you restructure Malcolm's deal. You bring him back. You're going to get Malik Jack, which no one talks about. I talked about that a lot on my previous show. No one talked about, like with all the injuries that went on, Malik Jackson went going down in week one. No mm. one spoke of it. That was huge, dude. Him and Fletcher Cox next to each other last year was like this was was one of the biggest storylines I had going into the year, and we lost him week one. If he can come back even ninety percent of what he was, that's a huge upgrade because you're probably going to lose uh, Timmy Jernigan too. So you got another hole to fill at the defensive tackle. Who knows? Who knows? Well, didn't he leave last year and come back? Or what Timmy? Happened? No, yeah, Timmy yeah. was hurt. Vinny Carey left and came back. That's right. I'm There's sorry. also been talks that Bo Allen might be coming back. I love Bo. Yeah. Bring him big, back. That's a big body. But th- that's my point. Linebacker, like you brought the, the Bradham thing. I don't stress about it too much because if you can go and bolster your corners and you bring Malcolm back and you're strong up front with Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, Vinny Carey, all, and all those, Josh Sweat, all those boys, then I don't I don't really need a superstar. I don't need a, a Pro Bowl caliber linebacker. I just need someone that can get out and run and cover and, and cover tight ends. Uh-huh. That's all I need. Yeah. And I think Nate Gary showed he can do that. Kamu's a captain on this team. I think he's a little overrated, but he's still... He fits the defense. He knows the defense. I want to stress too much about linebacker, to be honest with you. Just wanted your opinion on yeah. that. Love it. Um, let's switch leagues, though, real quick. XFL. Let's talk about it. We we uh, talked about it a little bit earlier. Did you pick a team yet? Like, I texted you to? A team name? No, no, not a team name. You got to you gotta claim an XFL Oh, I did. Team. I did before the season started. What is your team? Houston, the Roughnecks. Why'd you pick the Roughnecks? I don't know. I just like the Roughnecks name. You like the name? Yeah. It sounds like a dirty joke. I was going to go Seattle Dragons, but. That's what I picked. Is it? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, as soon as they released the logos, I'm like, that's fucking badass. A dragon? Well, I had two. Hell I had yeah, two. I want a dragon. I had two, right? I, I went Roughnecks and I went Tampa. And I, I missed last weekend, so I don't know if they lost again, but I saw them play week one, and Tampa was terrible. So I, I disclaimed them. They're gone. They're, they're an orphan now. I they got know. a cool name, the Vipers. Yeah. Dragons beat them this week. Did they? So they're yeah, you know. yeah. I want no parts of Tampa. Dragons are one and one. Slow one. start. We're going to bounce back. Die hard. They won over here. Dragons. <laughs> yeah, die hard. But so how do you, what what's your opinion you? on it? That, yeah, okay. Um, I, I told you this before. I'm... I think there's certain parts of it that are really cool and intriguing. Like, I love the kickoff. Um, the one, two, and three point is a cool concept to me. It hasn't really, like, I think only one team has gotten a three-point conversion so far last week. Um, it's a cool concept. I don't think it's worked that well yet. Um, 
if it's on and I'm not doing anything, I'll watch it. But see, dude, the thing for me is it's hard for other leagues to compete with the NFL because the NFL is king to me. Like, we've talked a lot of Sixers, obviously, because that's been what's going on. Like, the Eagles are just coming off of the offseason. But I'm, I'm football first, and then basketball is right below it. So the NFL is king to me. Sunday, Monday night, and Thursdays, I, don't, I drop what I'm doing, and I watch the NFL. XFL, if I'm not doing anything, if I don't have plans, I'll turn it off. I think. It, but the Flyers or Sixers are on. I'm not watching the XFL. I think the XFL could pick up a lot of traction. I think now. it can too, and I think it already has. I'm just waiting. For I'm the just first, not investing. I'm just waiting for the first player, college or NFL wise, to go to it. It's going to happen. Well, there's a I'm lot of rumors. It. There's a lot of rumors that now these high school kids, rather than going to college and playing for free, can go sign a two-year yeah. deal with the XFL, make a couple hundred grand to a million dollars. It's or minor leagues, and I love yeah. it. That's what I mean. And then go up to the NFL. But that's where it's going to get its money from. And the fact that it ends right at the end of the NFL, I think that's a that's brilliant, brilliant idea. Because for everyone that gets depressed about it, football is still back. And, you, and it picks up the, where the momentum left off. Like, every team that you've seen so far play at home has a crowd. Yeah. People are loving it. The, the cra- beer cup it, line was dude, And they're not afraid about it. It's like kind of old style, like too early 2000s style football. It's like a the, little you know harder. what it is? It's, it's the WWF on a football field. Yeah. You see dudes chugging beers on the sidelines and in the locker rooms after games, dude? It's yeah, not, it's dude, awesome. All, here's the one thing that annoys the balls off of me. And I, I people might like it and stuff like that. You know how they had the cameras all over the place and they had people wired up? I cannot stand I watched the first weekend. I cannot stand the announcers going out to players right after a play just happened and asking the most asinine, obvious questions ever. Dude missed an extra point. Oh, what happened there? I don't know, dude. I missed. I, I botched the extra point. Or, um, or they scored a two-point conversion. They ran like a semi-trick play. Like, girl goes up to him. Did you guys practice that? No, we didn't. No, we just ran it now for the hell of it. Yeah, dude, like they asked the most done. Thank you, keep it up. Like, what, dude? Like, none of it makes yeah, sense. Like, yeah. I don't need to hear from a guy right after he scored a touchdown. I'll hear from him after the game. I like, I'd rather just them do the thing like the NFL does that they mic'd up because those those dudes are fucking explicit. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. love it. I love it. But that's I think, the funny part to me, dude. They try to be so, so cool. calm and, and nice on in the interviews. But then they're chug- they're slamming beers on the sidelines. I absolutely, I think that XFL could, as long as they keep making the right moves for that, I think that thing could seriously. I agree. Well, Vince McMahon, seriously, Vince McMahon traction. paid in full for the first two or three seasons, I believe. Like everything's paid, like the salaries, everything. So like he's got just to get the ball moving. So that that's a very smart move. I mean, hopefully the dude doesn't lose a lot of money from him from it. But yeah, man. We'll so. Philly doesn't have a team, which I think no. is kind of horseshit. So, you want one? Yeah, I want one so bad. How do invested? One? I do, but how invested would I would you go get? hard for that. Yeah? Oh, yeah, dude. It just means tailgating season keeps <laughs> going. Like, I love tailgating. Like, and, like, dude, if there was an XFL team right at the end of the year, that'd be awesome. I'd go. Hell, yeah, I'd go. It's cold, but people tough it out for football. Ooh, that's true. What, what would it name? You got any names? I was thinking about it last night when we were, when I was prepping for the show, and I was like, "All right, give me one, give me one." Then it's like stupid. I was trying to like go like from the for the city, like I don't know, like it doesn't really make sense, but like to fill it up, like 
Come on, spit it out, dude. What are you doing? I'm thinking. Hold on. I like, would do like Philadelphia. Independence, like so, like Philadelphia Freedom, maybe. Yeah, like but that's um, kind of corny. The I was thinking. Yeah, it's all sounds dude. The Seattle Dragons, like it doesn't get no cornier the, than Dragons. Uh, Philly, uh, the I ninety fivers. Yeah, something. Ready, like, it has yeah. to do with the city, um, obviously. <laughs> um, I was thinking right, like with the work ethic, nothing. like the blue collar, like I, I don't. No, nah, we're terrible at this. I thought we could it's really, do that. It's really bad. It's yeah, hard. Actually, yeah, yeah, this is actually difficult. I don't know why we even tried this. It's really it's not so that difficult. Dude, think about the people that created the XFL teams now. The Dragons. I don't get the Roughnecks. I don't know why the hell that's your team. <laughs> what do you mean? They're 2 and Dude, that's such a weird name, though. The Rough, because they're Roughnecks, dude. They're from Texas. The fuck? Like, what do they get? Like, smacked in the back of the neck a lot? Like, I don't get what a Roughneck is. They're just, they're just rugged. They're, you feel me? They're tough. Nah, man. Yeah, you do your team's the dragons. Yeah, dragons badass. They kill people. They don't they even fire. exist. They breathe fire and kill people. <laughs> what does a roughneck do? He's got a he's got enough an, an ashy neck. Is that what that means? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Shut up, dude. Oh shit. All right, uh, let's keep it moving. Um, NCAA tournament's coming up soon, dude. Yeah, who's your early pick to win it? Uh, dude, you can't put me on the spot like that. I don't have because I, I think I, the, I'm still my man. My man DJ is com- completely convinced me that it's uh that it's Dayton. Dayton? Yeah. Nah, dude. I, they're climbing. They're I know they're climbing. climbing. They're a two seed right now. I'm about to pull up bracketology right now. I know they're a two seed, but to win it all, because mm-hmm. the reason I can't give you an early pick is because it's something I talk to a lot with people um, about is so many top um, ranked teams are getting knocked off this year, dude. Duke just got the doors blown off, blown off of them last night by 22 to an nope. unranked team. Nope. Like a lot of teams keep. Uh, Auburn just lost two straight. Mm-hmm. Lost money on Auburn. Um, <laughs> Kansas has lost a couple times this year. I mean, it, it, I just I don't have a solid number one pick. Gonzaga is a one seed. They're going to get knocked out in the second round. See, yeah, think, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they totally are. I'm not. I'm not San Diego on State as a one seed though is pretty shocking this dude, year. Think about the they're the undefeated. Baylor is the number one team in the country right now, dude. Yeah, they might lose to LSU in the second round in this bracket. Yeah, I don't know, dude. It's literally Penn State's a three seed. They just lost two to Illinois. Yeah, see, you know what? You know who I get? I hope gets bounced in the first round is Illinois. So I'm glad I just remembered that. Last week, you, did you watch the Illinois-Michigan State game I last week? Not. I did not so I watch three, it. I had a daily boost, right, on Sugar House. Okay. Three-team parlay. Okay. Hit the first two. Got it. Illinois down by, like, 25 in the first half. Storm, I just I turned it off, went to bed. I'm like, fuck this. Storm all, I checked my phone. They storm all the way back. They're down by two with, like, three minutes left. I run out. I turn the TV on. We're winning by one. 12 seconds left. Michigan State comes down. What's his name? Cassius Winston or whatever. Yeah. Goes up for a layup. Misses. They overguard Cassius Winston and allow a put-back dunk with, like, three seconds left, dude. They come down. Point guard, like, literally slipped on the floor and dropped the ball with no time left. Didn't even get a shot off, dude. So, cost me money, right? Then we put put on a three-team parlay two nights ago. Mm -hmm. We hit the first two. Or was it last night or two nights ago? I forget. I got Penn State. Illinois goes into Pappy Valley and beats Penn State. Dude, like, I can't stand this team. Costing me money all over the board. Yeah, you know what happened. <laughs> That's what happened, dude. 
They're not good luck for you, dude. No, not I, at all. You do not ever bet. You should just stay away from the whole, the whole, the whole place. Don't go to Illinois. <laughs> I look this. They haven't played in Florida. You know. Actually, I take back what I said against about Gonzaga. I hope they beat Florida and Gonzaga beats the brakes off them in the second round. And that's what's going to happen. Villanova is a four seed. I'm hyped about them. They need to be higher than a four seed, in my opinion. Nah, they're not there yet. Okay, Penn State's a three seed. Villanova is better than a four seed, bro. Ah. And I'll tell you, I know they've been good this year. Do not see Maryland as a two seed at all. Yeah, a little bold there. We're definitely going to, um, for all you guys listening, we're going to do a Faithful Fanatics bracket once Very the bracket come out. Yes. We're going to put it on our Twitter, and you guys can join and see how you uh, match up and fare against me and Snap over here. I uh, got a couple minutes left, dude. Anything you want to get? In? Let's. Um, I know you're not the biggest Flyers guy, but no, I know. Yeah, I know you're not. But we'll, we'll, we we got to talk about Go them a little it. bit because Go for it, dude. They're playing right now. I think they're losing one to nothing against Columbus. But dude, they're on a roll, and they they remind me a lot of the other team that plays at the Wells Fargo Center in the Sixers because both they're both are amazing at home. They're both I, very I, good I, at home. I've been checking in this year with the Flyers. <laughs> I have to. Well, dude, they're 33, 20, and 7, which equals, I don't know how big of a hockey guy you are or not, but that equals 73 points, which has them sitting in the third spot in the Metropolitan. So not they're above a wild card right now. And the Islanders lost uh, last night. Um, so they only have one game in hand on the Flyers right now, which is pretty big. The Flyers are playing in a, against a home-and-home back-to-back against Columbus. Uh, never mind, they're losing 2-1 to one right now in Columbus in the first period. But they're a Damn. team... They're a team to me that, because I, I don't know how much you followed, but they've the last couple times they've made the playoffs in the last, I don't know, six years or so, they've been bounced in the first round. Yeah, first round exit. They remind so, me of the Sixers before the process. Right. But they're, they're very, they finally have six defensemen that can all, but the issue before in previous years was, one, the goaltending. They didn't call Carter Hart up till late. He's finally coming. The kid's a beast at home. He's, he's like the Sixers on the road, too. He's a Awesome at home. I think he's got like a one a one nine one save percent uh, goals against average at home, and then on the road it's like over a three or uh, close to a four, I think. So if he can figure it out on the road, which I wish they would have started him tonight, he's playing in Columbus in kind of a playoff atmosphere to get his feet wet in those types of games. But they finally have six defensemen that can all play across the board. They finally have a consistent goaltender with a backup that comes in and gives them valuable starts in Brian Elliott, and they're getting. They're getting points and production from all four lines, which is something you don't really see a lot. Like when, like there was times where James Van Reems, like who's one of the better players on this team right now, um, who's tearing it up at the moment, was slumping and couldn't find the back of the net for I forget how many games. But they had guys like Tyler Pitlick and Albay Nicholas Albay Cabell and those kind of guys coming stepping up and. And basically winning games. And the young defensemen in Travis Sanheim and Robert Haig, and you have Justin Braun from San Jose, they're all they're all stepping up. And I think this team, if they can get past the first round, obviously we'll talk more about them when uh when it gets towards April for the playoffs. But if they can get into the playoffs and they can get by the first round, I think then they can go deep. I think they anybody have to break can through. win in hockey. Yeah, it's well that's why I love you, it. It was you get out last, of that night, first round. last night. Proven last year with the St. Louis Blues. They weren't the best. They weren't the most talented team. Some dude won so much money off that. Yeah, Did you see that? that? That's fucking crazy. Because, uh, what was it? Uh, what was it? Um, it Bennington. He bet on them when the worst odds. Yeah. Ben, they were the worst team in Bennington the league. Bennington got hot. And, 
As they it, just carried you them. You just need a hot they goalie. Were home, dude, they were the worst team in the league. Literally the worst team you in the league need, in you January. Just, if you can stop goals, you are a deadly team. No yeah, matter it comes how to, yeah. yeah, I get you. It are. comes down to goaltending in the playoffs. And now I feel like the Flyers have a really good uh, heart to be that guy and just get oh, hot. Well, he's got to be. He's got to. But, um, all right. All right, three minutes left. Predictions tonight. Because we're leading everybody that's listening right into the uh, Sixers Nets game. Sixers trying to go twenty six and two at home. Predictions: Do they get the W? No Ben Simmons. Also no Kyrie. I don't know if you saw that he's getting oh, season-ending yeah. shoulder surgery. So do the Sixers continue their dominance at home or no? Uh, I believe no. So I didn't know it was season-ending. I thought it was like, yeah, no, yeah, he's out. Oh yeah, he's out. So they're probably they're gonna fall out of the playoff race. Yeah, done. So, I, W? No. They're going to lose. Yeah, Ben being out is just not enough. Yeah. I no know we way. were just super hot about them, but yeah, I think this is the one of the two they dropped. Oh, I disagree. Yeah. I understand Ben's out, but they, Joel, everybody else, and Kyrie's out for Brooklyn. Who do they got? I, I mean, you oh, know. Oh, wow. Sorry. I just totally thought they were playing Milwaukee. No. <laughs> I just completely mixed it up. Sorry. No, they no, win it. They win it. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. I don't know why I just did that. Like You just got done talking about that. Zoned right out. All right. But, yeah, no, they'll win this one. I, I feel awful for Kyrie. He's such a great player, too. He really is. Is Kyrie, is Kyrie injury prone? If, he, if Kyrie Irving isn't injury prone, I don't know who is injury prone. He's the definition of injury prone. Did Brooklyn prone. fuck up? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Torn Achilles on KD, another injury for Kyrie. Nets 100%. might be the Nets of old still. Hundred percent. And DeAndre Jordan's barely played too. Mm-hmm. So you think they win tonight? Yeah, I think they. And I think the I think Nets the, really fucked up their franchise. I think the, I think they blow. Uh, they beat up on the Brooklyn Nets tonight, but you do know Spencer Dinwiddie's going to drop thirty-five. So oh, he's going to take the over. If tonight. you're a betting man, take the over on on Spencer he has Dinwiddie's our number every total year. tonight. Has our number every year. But uh, let's let's wrap things up. Make sure you guys go follow us on Twitter at Faithful Fans with an S. That's with, and we, both of those are spelled with PHs. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, yeah. So make you sure you go check it out. Go follow us. We are on iTunes. You can find us there all the time. Make sure you go check us out. And we are also on the Squawker app, which you're using now if you're listening to us live as we speak. So make sure you, if you aren't listening to us on the Squawker app Squawker. right now, go download the Squawker app every Thursday, 6.30 to 7.30. Come and listen to us. We have our Twitter at names in our Twitter link. You can follow us there for our own content, too. Check us out, man. We're very opinionated people. And we're only going to continue to get better. Yeah. It's only been the first couple weeks for me and Snap together, so we're only yeah, going to get better. Great. We're going to keep... Oh, produ- we got a new cover art, so I hope you like it. Yeah, we're going to keep promoting it's more. It's better. Snap's been killing it with the with the cover art, so yeah, go give it. us a follow. Thank you guys for listening, and go Sixers and Flyers. Let's go.